0: Father, we thank you for this day. You've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in, and we are glad in this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have ordained for us to serve you, to love you, to be blessed by you, and to have a new life. This is a totally new life than anything any of us thought we would ever have. So we thank you for that, that, that you always have a good surprise for us at the end of the road. So we honor you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue talking uh, uh on our subject we started yesterday. Yes, He Heals the Brokenhearted. I've, I've gone over some of these notes so many times and renamed them and scratched something out and put something else in. Sorry. I never know what I'm working on right now, but we're working on that too. But He Heals the Brokenhearted, and, and that's <clears throat> good news for us. I think mostly uh, we don't Think about ourselves as being brokenhearted, necessarily. Uh, because we tend to, our, our frame of reference tends to be the world. You know, uh, when you're first saved or, or, you know, when you come to the Lord, your, your thinking is more worldly than anything else. And you think when you read that scripture, and, and it's in Luke chapter four, uh, I'll go there if you want, Luke four eighteen. Uh, where jesus said the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he has anointed me ah the anointing destroys the yoke amen never to be put back together again you know whatever happens by virtue of the anointing is a permanent change and i think we don't recognize that now that doesn't mean that you won't be bothered with uh, a quote-unquote recurrence because the enemy always tries to get back in the door you just got him out of. So you might be plagued with uh, what you think is a return of the symptom, a return of something. It's just a return of a demon trying to make you accept it and make you think that the anointing, your healing is not a permanent work. Amen. And so I know many, many times the enemy has challenged me. I, I was mentally depressed uh before i found the lord in fact that's what helped me to find my way to god was was trouble uh with with my emotions and with my mind and many times the enemy has come to me and tried to tell me that this was coming back to me again but it's not you're healed sweetie you're healed all right It's a lie of the enemy. Miss Vicky, just lay your hand on her back and pray in tongues. Now Satan, we command you to loose her and let her go in the name of Jesus. This affliction she's been healed at Calvary. This affliction will not torment her and come upon her a second time. She is healed, she is healed, she is healed, she is healed, she is healed. She is healed. She's healed. And you're a liar. I said, You're a liar. 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 Now you say it, honey, okay? Satan, you're a liar. Amen. I am healed. Amen. Amen. You know, the only thing that we're dealing with are ghosts. Just shadows of the past. And if the enemy can pry that door open again to see if he can hinder us or torment us or keep us boxed up, he'll try and do it. And that's all you got to do is use your authority. Amen. To curse his works and tell him he can't get in again. Amen. I've been healed really 35 40 years now and there have been times where pressure was upon me and i lost my husband lost my dog in two months after you understand what it says sometimes you see life slipping away from you amen but this affliction will not come upon he makes an utter end of because the anointing destroys the yoke and it can't be put back together again amen And God promised me, he said, you won't have, he said, I had you walk through this. He could have healed me instantly. He said, but I had you walk through it for a purpose. So you could understand how this demon works and you could fight it to the death. Amen. So he don't scare me with that nonsense because the Holy One lives in me. Amen. He can't touch me. I got to, you know, I got to live so the Holy Spirit can get to do some work. I ain't going nowhere. Amen. You will not die, but you'll live, declare the works of the Lord. Amen. And God is a good God. He does a thorough work. Calvary was a complete and total work. It took care of the price for everything we ever need. Amen. Throughout eternity. So I don't know what else we can need or where else we can go to get help, but God has taken care of every single need that we have. Amen. We just gotta believe it and start walking in it. Amen. Just walk away from that old life like you would a, a, a an old dress or something else, something that's used. It's uh lived out its usefulness. You don't need it anymore. Amen. 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 Just don't live like that anymore. So Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Number one, to preach. The word, you can't get power from God without the word directing it. Amen. So he preached the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them who are bruised. Now all of this has to do with spiritual and soul healing. It has nothing to do with, with feeding you every day, clothing you. And he didn't mention nothing about feeding clothing people. Amen. Not in this scripture. But we know that when you come into the knowledge of the Lord, He takes care of every single need. But the first need He, you, we have is to be restored. Amen. You, I don't care how much money you get, how many beautiful homes and big cars you have. If you don't have peace within yourself, And the enemy's tormenting you all the time. It avails you nothing. So he puts first things first, I think. And these these are the first principles of God. This is what's important to him. You know, the first thing God wants with us to have fellowship with us again. That's number one on his list. Amen. He wants to come into your life and reassure you. Amen. There's nothing separating us anymore. You have access to me, you can talk to me, you can pray, you can ask me, you can spend time with me. There's no barrier anymore. You're not rejected anymore. You're not locked out of the garden anymore. Amen? And so he brings the garden back to us, and it lives in us now. The garden they lived in, that lived on the outside, it lives on the inside of the believer. You have all everything you need is right inside of you just need to start drawing it from from it. Righteousness, peace, joy. Learn how to work with your spirit, man, and not so much your mind and your thoughts and emotions and all that kind of stuff. Learn how to get stable in your spirit and let your spirit draw the sustenance. And the nourishment that you need. Amen. And from that, it will permeate the rest of your being. Amen. Your your mind can be renewed to the mind of Christ. You don't have to let the devil torment you day and night, bringing up your past and bringing up this and bringing up that. Amen. You just walk away from it. It's just not interesting conversation anymore. Amen. So you want to converse with God. You want to let God, uh, uh, consume your thoughts. You know, the, I remember that, that scripture it says, he will keep my mind in perfect, he will keep me in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. And I used to ask God, how can I keep my mind on you all the time? How can I And he began to show me. It didn't happen totally all at one time, but little bit by little bit, he was able to draw me back into the comfort of what he was thinking about me and what he was thinking about different situations. And so I was able to maintain peace with him. And once you have peace with God, fight to hold on to it. Amen. That's your fight. You got to fight to hold on to your peace with God and not let the enemy steal it. Not let circumstances steal it. Amen. Don't let anybody steal your peace with God. Because you're okay. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with us. Amen, I don't care how many false flaws and we think we have. We are okay. That's what Calvary tells us. Amen, it makes you okay, whether you want to believe it or not you okay Amen. And so God wants us to know that and to confirm it, He allows us access to Him. where before we were locked out, no, in the garden we got rejected. The, the, the gate was closed and a, uh, angel guarded it so we couldn't find our way back in to the tree of life so we could live, live, uh, condemned forever. But he decided to hold off on that and begin to, to, um, just peacefully and, and lovingly teach us about him. This whole book of the Bible is learning about God, letting him teach us who he is and giving us time to learn. You know, 6,000 years since, since what they believe Genesis is from Genesis to the time of Christ is about 6,000 years, most people think. Amen. And, and so it's, it's, he took 6,000 years to tell us about him. And we think we're going to be different in one day. Amen. When you get to heaven, you'll be learning about God. Amen. It, it it'll just be beginning when you get there. It won't that won't be the end of the story? That's just the beginning. In fact, we're getting glimpses of it here, you know, a little bit here and there, you know, and we can barely hold hold ourselves together with the little bit He shows us. Amen. You see people down there in Kentucky standing in line trying to get in there where the presence of God is. See when the churches get closed down, but you can find out what people really are interested in, won't you? Won't you? Amen. You'll find out. God is finding out who really loves him, who wants his presence, who still wants to serve him. He's finding all that stuff out. Amen. That's what what that's what this is all about, separating sheep, sheep from goats, amen, and those who really love him are going to pursue him, no matter what, amen, no matter what comes, we continue to pursue God, and never give up, amen, don't ever quit on pursuing God, amen, you know, many times we find out, we, we think our problem is lack of stuff, and really it's lack of, of knowledge of him, and, and lack of peace with him, and no that he can give us peace in the midst of anything that's going on in life and that's so much better than stuff not that i don't want my stuff amen don't get me wrong (laughs) but we got to keep it in the proper order him first once we get peace with him we know stuff is coming amen stuff is on the way so we don't ever have to be concerned and worry about that so God wants us to to uh, be healed from brokenheartedness. So what we talked about yesterday was many of the life issues that we life problems that we come into contact with are not the source of our problem. The source of your problem is you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and part of iniquity is rejection. And we said that yesterday when uh, God closed the man and the woman out of the garden, he rejected him. The spirit of rejection came upon them. Amen. Because they used to be clothed in his presence and in his glory and in his spirit, but that spirit departed from them, amen, and he had to put natural clothing on him. He he covered them with the, uh, the the skin of an animal, and so in doing that, he showed them the way back to him would be a human sacrifice in blood, amen. He did animal sacrifices to remind them constantly that they were, were in violation of his law, and they needed blood to make a way back to him and when they gave up on that then he sent the savior he just did it to wear them out they got sick of bringing sacrifices and and all of that stuff day in and day out And they would sigh and wonder, Lord, send somebody. And he started to talk to them about a Messiah, his son. And all the scriptures that point to Jesus as the Messiah gave them hope and gave them confidence that one day God would liberate us from this system that doesn't even satisfy us. It didn't satisfy God and it doesn't satisfy them. So why'd God do it? To teach them right from wrong. And the ones who caught on to it accepted Jesus. The ones who admitted they were sinners and that sin was the problem. Amen. Caesar ain't the problem. The temple priest ain't the problem. Your boss ain't the problem. Your wife ain't the problem. Your four wives, your concubines ain't the problem. None of that stuff is the problem. Amen. Sin is the problem. And with sin was carried a rejection from the presence of God, but Jesus paid the price for us to be back in His presence. Amen. The temple that the 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 uh, um, uh, the curtain in the temple that that kept the priests uh, the holy of holies where the Holy Spirit dwelled, kept that closed off from the general public because they were sinful. If that curtain were left open, everybody would have dropped dead except for the ones who had cleansed themselves and and belonged there. So only the priest belonged there. And he had to cleanse himself and make himself presentable to God. And if he missed a step and he went in there, the, you know he, what they would do would would be to on the bottom of his robe were were uh bells and pomegranates, so when he walked around it made a noise jing 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 well if and they put a rope around his belt and held on to the end of the rope, and if the and stopped, then he says, "Oh brother, John forgot to watch behind his ears, you know you understand what I, was, I mean it was like that." so they just drag that dead body on out of there. Next, You know, it gets a little tedious after a while. And you long for a better system, so that's why we have a better covenant based on better promises. You don't drop dead in the presence of God, even if you're a sinner. You know, sinners come into a church, and they walk out alive, hopefully changed in some way. Amen. But this is why, you know, the the curse has been broken, and that is for Saint Ann Center. Amen. That's how you can pray for some of these people out here in the street, and God heal them immediately. And you start feeling your leg that's been hurting for seven years, and you, geez, you can go, "Okay, God, what up?" You understand what I'm saying? Come on now. <laughs> Amen. It, it's it's His grace. Amen. It's shed on abroad to everybody. So God, he's not mad at us. We've been purchased with his blood. And we have access. Not entitlement. Access. You understand? Access means that you go present yourself and you speak for yourself and receive it. Entitlement means you don't have to do nothing to get it. Ain't no welfare in God's kingdom, y'all. Come on now, ain't no EBT cards and WIC and you know. I mean, they got so much stuff out there. It's a alphabet soup twice. You need to double out the E E B T T T T. You understand what I'm? They are. We're all one alphabet and off to a second one. You understand what I'm saying? His kingdom is not like that. Amen. But you can't earn it either. It's, it's a mystery. Grace is a great mystery. It's either on you to do stuff or it ain't on you. Go sit down. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> and just keep believing. And so that's just the way God's kingdom is. But He He does all this to show His great love. I mean, if you don't believe God loves you, after laboring with with humanity for six thousand years, till His Son came and then they killed Him. You understand what I'm saying? The people that sent He was sent to, and He loved everybody. Accepted everybody, taught them right. Amen. You know the the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. She didn't get off light. He told her, "Don't do this no more." You understand what I'm saying? Once God tells you, "Don't do something no more," I think you won't do it. You understand? Amen. So she knew what was coming to her if she did. <laughs> But he has given us his holiness. He has given us his spirit. He has given us all of him. There's nothing we lack to live before him in righteousness and holiness. You just got to keep the devil from distracting you and diverting you with stuff. You know, one day y'all look at you know devil, you know what stuff is going to be here when I'm gone. Now we, I'm not gonna fight you over stuff. Are you kidding me? My fight is to stay in peace before God. My, my fight is to stay before Him and in His presence. Amen? That's what the fight is all about. You know, all of the, 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 uh, uh, things that, that, that the Pharisees and Sadducees, the people who lived in Jesus' time, all the things that they were afraid of and they were uh, bowing down to, those people didn't exist after a while. Everything passes away. Trouble passes away. After a while, the devil just get tired of picking at certain people. You know, he said, this ain't no fun no more. Let me go down the street, see who else I, you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, even if you don't have the authority and power, you think to do anything about it. After a while, it will stop because God won't let the devil harass his kids forever. Are you kidding me? He'll stop it on his own. He won't. He won't let affliction rise up a second time. Amen. But we got to do our part. We got to seek him. We are stay in his presence. Amen. Don't come out of God's presence and want to visit someplace else. You know, stay in his presence and stay with him. You know, one way to stay in God's presence is just every now and then when you think, when your mind wanders, you say, Lord, I thank you. My mind has stayed on you. You know, I had to do that. I still do it, you know, just to keep myself sane. I'd be a a very strange person if I didn't stay with him like that. That was my answer to everything. And I think that's supposed, we're supposed to want to walk with God. Who else you walking with out here? Amen? You ever looked at some of these people out here you walk past? That's why I order my stuff on the internet i'm mm, I ain't curious about nothing out there outside my door. Amen. <laughs> I shelter in place all the time so so God, <laughs> amen, amen. so what we're doing is we're receiving healing from him. Through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Amen. There's an unction that works or a power that works on the inside of us continually cleansing us. Amen. Continually supplying us with the word and with the power, with reassurance, with the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working. That's why he's called the paraclete or the comforter he's not just stroking you on your back and telling you you okay you need deep comfort amen you need some devils kicked out you need some renewing of your mind you need to be led to the right scripture for the right thing it, this is work amen and this is the work of redemption this is the work of reconciliation so the holy spirit comes to reconcile us to god Which means that we are presented before the throne of God and we're found to have no fault. That's reconciliation. When you can go before God and he says, I see you're covered in my son's blood and that's why you're here. You're not here because you think you belong here. You got some rights or you got some this or some that. You're here as a privilege because my son paid for you to be here. He said, and that pleases me. And so when we have that relationship with God, we come to him on the basis of what Calvary purchased for us. Then we have peace with God and you won't have it any other way. These people are always trying to, you know, get God to do something for them and coming up with a new prophecy and a new this and a new that. Those people don't know God. and they trying to tell you about God. They have no clue what he's like. Cause he's not compelling us to earn our way into anything. He's not compelling us to, to do or to wait for somebody to give us a word before we can get blessed. You kidding me? I'm blessed coming in and going out. You too late. Too late with your little prophecy. I'm already blessed coming in and going out. Amen. I don't miss a blessing. They're following me everywhere I go. Amen. Cause I believe God's word. Not because I'm special. I, you can have it too, if you get in the word and get off trying to tell somebody else how to live. Brokenheartedness is so common. There are studies, medical studies, on what they call a broken heart syndrome, and they they trace it to traumatic incidents in a person's life, and they trigger the brain to distribute chemicals that weaken the heart tissue. Amen? This is something that happens to everybody who don't have trouble. Brokenheartedness is also disappointment. You got your hopes up high for something, and and then it fell flat, and now you just don't want to... You understand what I'm saying? People can be greatly discouraged. I mean, seriously, so so much that that they they block themselves in and kind of give up on life. You know, there's a, a, um, a such thing as what uh, theologians and, and people who Christian who Christians who understand spiritual things they refer to the inner vow. And it's it's real, you know uh you ever said to yourself, "I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do this. See that's you make a vow to yourself, and that stuff holds it'll shock you. people get out and want to live a normal life and even get saved, and want just basic things that people want. You know, you know, you want a, a home, you want a spouse, you want children, you want health, you want all of that stuff. And they run into a block where they can't get certain things. Or you want to prosper, you want a good job, you want a complete school. And, in Many times people will find that they've had some kind of negative experience, not just them personally, but maybe even heard of somebody else having a negative experience, and then all of a sudden, this this little God inside of them decides that they're never going to try for anything like that, and you get held in that vow. People will speak to you. You're never going to Amount to anything. They're never, and you know, people speak things out of frustration. Everybody says that. Don't, don't label people as bad because they said something to condemn you or make you feel bad when you was cutting up and acting up and, and wearing they last nerve out. You know, we want to go back and blame everybody for everything. You know, woman up and man up and take responsibility for your life. Amen. God gave you a life. Take responsibility of it and pursue the blessing. You don't have to live out of what people told you about. They don't know nothing. They're just so, you know, just so ignorant. You know, people say anything. I remember when, when I was a kid and people say, oh, you're just like your mama. You're just like it. They don't know me. They just go, but they just said, people say, Goofy things, you know, and I was, sometimes I sit back and think about it. I said, God, you mean people just didn't have anything to say? That's all they could say is you just like your mama. You just like your, d-. and you know, if you and mama wasn't getting along, that made you mad. So we're going to live out of those kind of words. We're going to remember that kind of stuff and let it run our lives. But many people do. Many people do and see we don't have a cure for broken heartedness until we come to god now people can get you listen don't get me wrong now you can go to a good psychiatrist or a good group they got a a n a i know because i joined about four of them uh 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 overeaters anonymous you got your uh, narcotics anonymous you got your uh, nervous people anonymous you got all these anonymous groups And some of them, if you do what they tell you, see, everything that's going to help you requires something on your part, and that's obedience. But most of them, AA will get you functional, but they won't make you whole. So many times people who are alcoholics live in a very narrow world just to stay sober because they're afraid of everything. I can't go to a bar. I can't walk through a bar to get to a a restaurant. Amen. I can't be around certain people. And all you ever knew was drunks and alcoholics. So you're going to be by yourself. Now you got to fight loneliness. Do you understand? I mean, you can function because it's better than being drunk. Amen. But you're not whole. And don't try to take AA away from people. You understand what I'm saying? Let them have that. You know, unless God can get you to get them saved and get them in a church and give them getting something. They'll understand it as they grow in the word. You understand what I'm saying? And they will be made whole. So AA will get them at least functional so they're open to hearing some good news. You got me? And then many times, you know, people who hear the gospel for the first time and they're drinkers. God can sober them up. You understand? That's the best is to to be made whole. But if if they're struggling and they're holding on to that and they just want to stay sober so they can keep a job, keep family together and all that kind of stuff, let them have that. But there is a way to be made whole. You want to be made whole. God, Jesus died for everybody to be made whole. And so this brokenhearted syndrome that they talk about is very real. Now, really, when, when you suffer a loss or an offense or something like that, that is not what causes those symptoms. Amen? It's not. What really what really happens is because you have brokenheartedness in you from birth, everybody does, it that incident merely triggers a pain that's already there that hasn't you haven't been aware of. You got me? You'll get around certain people, and they say certain things, and you get moody or depressed, and you don't know why. And It's because something's been triggered on the inside of you that awakens the fact that you're separated from God. See, broken, that that incident merely comes to you to let you know there's a deeper work that's needed in you. Amen? And it makes you aware. So you can pray. So you can seek God's help. So you say, God, there's something I don't feel right about this. There's something not right here. Amen. And when we were in the world, we would push it under the rug. Just forget about it. Get your mind on something else. Go get a happy thought. Go take a drink. Amen. Go take whatever you usually take to get over yourself. But God has a better way for us. Amen. It's a much better way. So when trouble comes to you, don't get mad at the trouble. And don't get blame people that you think caused they ain't caused nothing. They just woke up something that was dormant in you. You got me? You know, I had trouble in my marriage. I blamed my husband for years, and I realized I say he was just trying to survive like I was you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people get to their limit and they figure the only way out is to go out. Now he'd been divorced before. Divorce was his friend. It was my enemy. You got to make up your mind what side you're on, folks. You can't just sit up and just listen to anything and take anything. Divorce is never your friend. That's how you got brokenhearted to begin with. We got divorced in the garden. So how is that good for anybody? I don't care if you've been divorced and been forgiven. It's not your friend. Jesus is your friend. You just weren't able to get to the higher place of reconciliation. You understand what I'm saying? End of discussion. But it's not your friend. It causes too much pain. Why would you want to inflict pain on somebody and say it was a good thing? Or have pain inflicted on you and say it's good. It's not good. And people don't prosper from it. If it were good, people would get rich off of divorces. But they don't. The only person who gets rich is the lawyer. You know, you can get around bad company sometimes and mess yourself up. Bad company corrupts good manners. Amen? You can be struggling going along trying to hold on to what you think is a failing marriage, and you're running some bad company, and they tell you God has something better for you. That was 20 years ago, and something better ain't showed up yet. Uh, Maybe I'll park here for a little bit, I don't know. Kind of an interesting street to be on. The devil gives anything to keep us from fulfilling our mandate to love and to reconcile. Amen? Because that's all we're here for. We're here to love people, to reconcile to one another and to Christ. To lead people to Christ. So they can be reconciled to God. What that means is they now have friendship with God when they once were enemies. And you want all men to live peaceably with one another. Look at what war is costing people. And everybody's sick of it. But we don't know how to live without it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The powers that be. And so we're here as believers to live strong before God and do what's necessary to reconcile with one another. I don't care what the situation is. Well, you don't know. Well, come back when you don't want to tell me about it. I'm going to say it again. For all those people that think they're an exception and we don't know the pain they've been through, come back when you don't want to talk about it. Amen. And we'll talk about what God has for you. Because he don't have for anybody to sit up and live in pain all their lives. He's made a remedy for that. And what's the remedy going to cost you? Your pride? Well, I don't know, but I do. To have a good marriage and a stable marriage, it costs me everything. Oh, 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 I thought you just was happily ever after forever. Are you kidding me? If you want God to hold things together, it's going to cost you everything. Cost Jesus everything to purchase that privilege for us. I'm thankful the road was made already by Him. Amen. All you got to do is follow the way that's already made and forget about yourself. Why? Cause God will take care of you. If you worried about taking care of yourself, get on the right road. You couldn't do it in a million years. He was taking care of you while you were a sinner, blaspheming, cursing, doing everything you wanted to do under the sun and then some. And He was taking care of you. So what's different now? Amen. But yeah, it'll cost you something. Tell you like it is. Are you fairy tale believers? Huh? You have to fight the devil tooth and nail for your sanity to get your bills paid. Huh? To forgive somebody when they keep cussing you out over and over and over again? I just, you don't have to put up with that. I'm not putting up with anything. I'm living the life God gave me to live. What you talking about putting up with? Like you so important. Get yourself off the throne. Give yourself a break. Put the crown, the, the, the dime, the, you know, the dollar store tiara, put that off to the side and give yourself a break. Amen. And humble yourself to God. He gives grace to the humble. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I would say things to God, well, I'd be glad when this is over so I can. And he says, so you can what? Grab that stinking pride of yours back? Huh? Ooh. Yeah, I'm humbling myself too much. I say we ain't quite done yet. You got me? You give to your own hurt to keep your word. Amen. Somebody's got to pour love into a situation and a relationship in order for healing to come. And that's probably you. Because you don't give what you don't get. Or don't get what you don't give. You sow you reap what you sow, folks. We got too many Christians running around here too good for everything. They not got exalted and don't have two nickels to rub together. <laughs> All right, poppy? <Bobby. laughs> they talk more than they do. We good at that. Man. Just shut up and go worship somewhere. Know what I'm saying? Just go get in your box. So we don't want to be broken-hearted anymore, folks. Amen. We talked about the fact that insults will break the heart and leave a person weak, and they they trigger the broken-heartedness that already resides within us. So our resident broken heartedness really was put there by God. We're broken hearted because we're separate. Sin separates us from him. And that's why we're broken hearted. And so God puts us back together again by allowing that broken heartedness that he put there to be triggered by some nutcase in our environment. That we have to forgive because they just as carnal and crazy sometimes as we are. Well, I didn't do nothing to you. Not that time. Huh? But if we look back through your pages, we might see a lot of little stuff you did. Hmm? Religious people have always a cover. Don't 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 use that as a cloak and a cover up. God told me to do. God told me to do. God told me to do this. God told me to get married. God told me to divorce him. God told me well what kind of God you serving that can't make up his mind what you supposed to be doing? be just as confused as you are. You need to find another God. I mean, find God for real. God's trying to get at that broken heartedness with his anointing. You see, when the anointing uncovers it, your healing is almost immediate. If you'll receive it, it's almost immediate. You know, I've had times where I was just sitting, you know, just kind of like thinking nothing. And a thought will run across my mind and and God will show me something about it. And it's something that happened way back when, you know, that that I had forgotten about. And and God will tell me, he said, you know, he said, what I'm doing with you now, he says, I'm making you whole from every whit of trouble that you ever had in your life. See, you don't have to go around telling people how broken up and bruised you were and who did what to you and how you didn't have this. and I didn't have 10 hugs a day. Well, I didn't have one sometimes. Some days I got none but whoopings. Do you understand me? But you still are going to have to go through the process. I don't care if you had perfect parents, and there aren't any. Trust me. And if you think yours was so bad, let's see what you do when you get grown. See, that'll prove everything. (laughs) You know, but about age 25 or 30, well, you know, my mama was right when she said, yeah, we all get wise after we, after life hits you real hard. But there are things that you'll be getting delivered and healed from throughout your life. Don't be such a tough customer that you can't humble yourself and receive that correction from the Lord. Because when he opens it up, he pours in that balm. He pours in that, that healing. He pours in that anointing that makes you whole and that heals. Amen. And you step out of that situation a new person. Amen. You're not so concerned about yourself anymore. Not trying to look out, not feeling sorry for yourself and I gotta do this and I gotta do that. You know, we all gotta do something. But do it as unto the Lord. Don't be grudging about it. You know, have some joy about yourself. Act like you serve a risen Savior. You understand what I'm saying? Act like act like it's so. And it will be so. So we're entitled to wholeness as part of our covenant with God. The finished work at Calvary entitles us to wholeness every whit whole. Amen. And it's his love that makes us whole. Now, what is it what what does that mean is love? His forgiveness, his healing, our broken bodies, his his taking care of us, these things that come almost out of nowhere to bless us, that he's always got reserved for us if we'll look to him for the blessing. Many times we're looking elsewhere for the things that we need, and all we need to do is continue to wait on God and worship him and uphold him. And so God is there to bind up our wounds, the fresh wounds, and to do that deeper work that needs to be done because of separation from him. So when we get born again, the first thing we receive is his love and we receive his peace. And that makes us whole. That salvation makes us whole. Amen. So we're reunited with God through the Holy Spirit. We have peace with God. We sense His love in the form of forgiveness of our sins, and we're washed clean, and we know it. Amen? And so God wants us to know that He's there to finish the work. He begins it when we get born again, and as we live for Him, He finishes the work. So always be open to God, showing you things. Always be open to him, helping you with these things. So God would never have rejected us if it weren't for our own good. But reconciliation comes later, and that's better. Amen. So really, love was was distant from us and put off for a season until we would come to a knowledge of Christ and we would be made whole again. Amen. We need to know that all relationships that we like are not good for us. We need to let God be in charge of these things because this is where we really run into problems we We want to cling to people and and you know we just don't fit together or we we're there for a season. You know God is a jealous God. He's not going to let you cling to no new b f f too hot you know He's going to make sure you see what they are and they see what you are. So you'll come running back to him. Listen, honey, we're on a short leash. You don't get to do a whole lot of stuff you want to do around here. You've been bought. He owns us. You get to do nothing but love him and be obedient and be thankful. Amen. God, what's my next assignment? I'm thankful. Show it to me. Amen. I ain't doing nothing today. What you got up? <laughs> I thought I had plans. I thought I had plans, but all of a sudden they don't look so hot to me no more. What do you, what you want me to do? Amen. What do I do for you today? When you were at your worst, God forgave you and gave you his best. That's the life of his son. Amen. And the, his shed blood paid for it. So your salvation really points to wholeness. We said yesterday that you are complete in him. You're complete, but it, you're but you're in process too. It means that you don't sense that anything's wrong with you or you shouldn't. If you're saved. You know, if you sense something's wrong, ask God what it is. God, what is something in there, you know, I'm dealing with something you don't like quite, or you want to help me with, you want to correct me on it? Amen? Talk to him. You need to want to be close to him all the time. This business of being distant, you know, that's a, You don't text him. You worship him. Amen. Yeah, you. Oh, you. Yeah, a really you know, I've received text messages from people, and I know they run running four and five texts at a time. Because they put some on that got nothing to do with the conversation we're in. <laughs> For those of you who can't give God your full attention, amen, you know, some of this stuff we deal with for years could be over in minutes if we give the full attention to him, amen. And many times we know what's wrong. We just don't want him to find out about it. Running around busy. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, slow your roll. Amen. Just slow your roll. So, so God heals us really with just one touch, one touch of his spirit, one touch of his mercy. And, and it, the troubles over, amen. The troubles over, you, you know, there are things that you and I know we worry a lot less than what we used to. Amen. In fact, most of us are worry free because God has trained you. If you're going to get any prayers, answers from God, you got to be a peaceful person. You can't be sitting on his shoulder and trying to make him do something real fast. So you don't have to be nervous no more. God, if you do this real quick, I won't be nervous. No, you're going to get unnervous first. And then I'll move. Got me? Just because he slipped a, a blessing on you the last time you was at your wits end, you got it anyway. Uh, somebody need to say something. Say, thank you, Jesus. Run around the room or something. You understand what I'm saying? He was nervous as all get out. Faith went out the window. Love went out the window. He was pacing back and forth. And then the Holy Ghost phone call comes. And you took it like a thief and ran. Like the thief that you are. Amen. I don't know how that happened because I sure wouldn't believe in him. I sure wouldn't believe in looking around to see if you're going to get arrested you deserve to go to jail, amen, <laughs> but goodness and mercy follow you, and they caught up with your little nervous self. Amen, you running around everywhere The goodness and mercy, where's she go now? Is she over there all right? Where's she go? <laughs> and they finally trip you you trip you on something so they can pin you down and bless your life. Let me tell her to answer this text. You got me? You've been avoiding your phone all day long. Ain't been nothing but bad news. Of course, that's a bad confession, but I'm going to turn it over so I don't have to look at it. Notifications have been turned off. I don't want to hear from nobody. Uh, I don't get this. Are we losing all the marbles. How many times have you said that? But didn't lose (laughs) nothing. What you lost, you got back triple. Do you understand me? (laughs) But we like, we be like that now. We be like that. Why? Rejection is, uh, we're so afraid of not being accepted. When God says, I have made you accepted in the beloved, what were you all? Amen? The the beloved, uh, John, they call John the beloved disciple. Every picture you see of him and, and the rest of the disciples with Jesus, what is he doing? He hugging Jesus, laying on his, say, "Man, that's you. You've been accepted there." In other words, you done not push John out the way. Say, John, wait a minute. I'm gonna love on Jesus myself. I need a little love right now, myself. Amen. So, most of your trouble is just to get you back to God. Now he didn't put it there for that purpose, but see, you stepped away. I'll say it again, cause see, you, if you ain't, if you ain't really paying attention, you're gonna miss something. Most of your trouble is to get you closer to God. Cause the reason for your trouble is you moved away. Now, be thankful for that. You know, let me tell you why. You move away from God, you made the choice to embrace trouble instead of sticking with him. And when you make the choice to embrace trouble by stepping away from God and you get into trouble, what do you think you deserve? Huh? No, you made the decision. See, you could you could reap fruit off of that bad decision. You got me. You could get more trouble and more trouble and more trouble because many people do. But see, when you know God and you repent and you love him, he says your trouble now is for my glory. See, it's not for you to reap more trouble off your trouble, even though you stepped into and you made a decision to get away from me. But if you repent and come back to me, it'll be for my glory. See, nobody but God can do that. And he'll do that with every trouble we get into. But see, when we get in trouble, we linger over in the land of Never Never Land. You know? With the animals and the, you know, (laughs) and the amusements and everything else, you know? We're just over there waiting and not knowing what to do, and I don't know if it's too bad for God to help me. To, I, I'm in too deep. As it's, oh Lord, this, oh no, not, oh Lord, not another, oh Lord, not another bed. Oh Lord, have mercy. So all He wants you to do is just say, Lord, I'm over here. Please come get me. Send somebody. Give me a righteous slap. I don't care what you do, but I need you, and I need you more than any. And then after you do that, it's for His glory. He says, come on over here, I'll take care of it. And I'm going to show you how much I can bless you, even when you think you don't deserve anything. See, that's healing your broken heart. When you get more than what you lost when God restores you, that's healing your broken heart. That makes an impression on you where you know God will never leave you. He'll, serving God is the best thing that I can do. I'm not going to go off on my own and try something knowing it might not work. Amen. I'm going to stay right here where I'm supposed to be. And that's how he heals us. He gets us to a point where these these rejections are revealed to us. And then he can move in with his anointing. If we'll handle it the right way, don't run off and talk it to death. You know, people get a lot of attention for their problems. You got me? You know, you got pastors with, I I assume, a congregation begging for prayer on Facebook. Oh, well, excuse me if y'all thought that was normal. But I don't think it is. How come you don't have people that love you that intercede for you on a regular? Why you gotta come on there? And they ain't looking for prayer, they looking for attention. Could tell you what they doing. It's a sinful thing to parade your weaknesses and faults out there in front of people when it should be a sacred and a holy thing between you and God. Where He can take that with His shed blood. Amen. That's the most intimate thing God has done for us is gave his life for us. It was torture for him. It was pain for him. It was all of those things. And then instead of us coming to him with what we need, we parade our needs around to get attention for him. What's going to happen to you when you really need help? Psalm 112 gives you a remedy for brokenheartedness. I think it's verse 7. It says here, it talks about the man that that loves the Lord and obeys, delights in his commandment. That means you you like the word and you obey the word. Not just get the word to make you feel better, but you take it to heart and you obey it. And he says, a good man, in verse 5, a good man shows favor and lens and he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. This is a righteous person, somebody trusting in God. And it says, the righteous shall be had in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of bad news or evil tidings. Why? His heart is fixed, trusting in God. See, this is a way to, to get your broken heart in this heel. Your, fix your heart by trusting God and don't waver continue to trust him amen i claim that scripture for somebody their their heart was functioning at 30% capacity which means that you should be not very moving around much just barely here was that way for 20 years cuz they held on to that scripture and i told her i said your heart is fixed Y'all remember, most of y'all remember Miss Polly. She was dancing at one of our conferences here. The last one, one of the last ones we had, she was up dancing. By then it was down to 20% capacity. You got me? Why? She trusted God. She got to see children grown, grandchildren, great grandchildren. Tall nine yards. Amen? Trusting God. And this is how he fixes our broken hearted heartedness. We trust in him. You're not trusting in, in something you see. You're not trusting in people. Our main main problem is we instead of going to God, we take a substitute image of him. Amen. Man is made in his image. So we always run into each other trying to get something instead of going to him. We miss it. We get the counterfeit instead of the real thing. Why? We scared of the real thing. We scared to trust God. That's really what it is. So you he let you trust him a little bit at a time. So you don't have to give me the whole ball of wax right now. He said I'm gonna get it eventually. Cause this ain't this right here you doing ain't gonna fix nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're gonna have to go the whole way. Hold nothing back. Amen. So trusting God really brings the binding of your broken heart. It's able to keep your broken heart from interfering with your normal life. Even though there's still some work to be done. And trust me, this happens a little bit at a time. Little bit by little bit this thing is done. Some people just nutty. They want to just like this is an operation. You just get all your organs removed and you'll have no problems no more. You know, they. this is a walk. And, and learn how to enjoy the walk. Enjoy trusting God. Because He wants you to know how to love Him more than He wants to give you stuff. That's why your stuff don't come all at one time. The other part of that too is man is smarter than we are. We know if we give somebody that we love everything at one time, they might go off somewhere. Amen? So you stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> you you want to be married till death do you part. You know, I made the mistake of asking my late husband for a 25-year anniversary ring. I should have asked for a 10. You know what I'm saying? You want to slap yourself. He made me stretch it out to 25. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, the big 25 would be coming up. And, uh I said, shut up. Huh? We we hurt ourselves sometimes, but, you know, everybody wants to stretch things out. You know, you don't want to give the wrong impression to people about things, you know, and God's the same way. We have to do everything we do by faith. Amen. takes you a while to develop your faith in between crying and begging and repenting and promising you ain't going to do it no more and all the yada yada. Amen. You still got to do what you do by faith. got to get in your word and believe God for what you need. Amen. So this process of healing our broken heart goes on throughout life. Every time you come into contact with an offense, that's an opportunity for you to be healed. Don't look at who it is, what they did and go off on that road. Stay on the road with God and God, I forgive this person. Can you please heal me? God, what does this mean for me? It's, it means I'm still too sensitive in this area, and I want to be made strong. I want to take on your strength. I want to be like you did, Jesus. You didn't miss a beat in in uh, uh, following the Father and obeying the Father. You know, every time he would go into Jerusalem, they were looking for him to kill him. They weren't thinking about taking him to Caesar at that point. You understand what I'm saying? And so he had to face that. But know that it wasn't his time to die. He was still in control of his life. Amen. And this is what we need to know about God's healing process in us. You are still in control of your life. Amen. You can yield to what God is doing or you can push it away and go down the road of the flesh. Amen. And keep talking about how bad your life is and what you need to do and what you're going to do instead of going to God and getting him to heal that and getting that to to be taken care of. You know, a lot of our desire for things has to do with trying to compensate for that inner feeling of worthlessness because that's what rejection does. It makes you feel worthless And, and God's still trying to build us up. And let us know how much we are worth. But see, many times we don't take the time to help ourselves, but you just sometimes just sit back and think about your life and what you were doing and where you were headed and where you were going when God found you. You weren't looking for God. Most of us were looking for relief, looking for help. You know, I had friends that would tell me they would go to church revivals trying to see who the new preacher was and what he looked like and wound up getting saved. Amen. Yeah, me and Ms. Jans, me and her girlfriend Jerry. Jerry says some of her girlfriends was bragging on this preacher that just came in town, preaching Revival, and how cool he was. And he was fine, and he was young. And Jerry said that they was sitting in the back looking at him. He gave the altar call, and they was going to bum-rush the altar. And Jerry said, when she said, when I came to, I was laying flat on my back <laughs> looking up at the ceiling, praying in tongues or something. But God met her there, so she wasn't looking for him. You understand what I'm saying? And wound up being on fire for God. She'd give her testimony anywhere. You know, you you go somewhere and she break out talking about the Lord and you want to get embarrassed. And pretty soon everybody is sitting there looking. They didn't drop what they'd, they'd eating and, and doing and looking, staring, staring straight at her. Amen? Because she, she fell totally in love with God. Just like she was going to mock everything and, and flirt in, in God's church. She flipped, he flipped her around so much. Amen. So many times we can look back at our lives and see we weren't really looking for, you know, me, I was looking for help. I thought I was dying. I thought I was going to go to hell if I died. And God showed me the way to salvation. Amen. And so this is, this is his extreme love for us folks. Now if he loved you that much, he loves you even more now. See, you were an enemy of his, and he gave you overwhelming love. How much more do you think he loves you now? You're submitted to him, you're working for him. you humble yourself to him, you give, you do the best you can, you work in your church, you look for people in your neighborhood to bless his love is extreme for us folks. He's got so much invested in us now he's not going to turn our backs his his back on us, but see yet we live sometimes in this this Wonderland. You know? Wondering what I need to do. Wondering how this is gonna, wonder, 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 wonder. Instead of just allowing him to bring that healing into us the way he wants to bring it into us. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a physician here for everything that, that, that points to our brokenheartedness. It's hard sometimes to receive the love of God. Man? But as wounded people, we must turn to him and receive his love and his reconciliation. Amen. You, you are, are healed every time you repent. Did you know that? Every time you confess your sins, you're healed more. It's amazing how God just has healing everywhere that you look. Calvary always points to healing. And many times we don't want to confess sins. We don't, well, we you know, uh, we, you don't have to do that anymore. I've heard people say that. They heard preachers preach that. I won't say, you ain't heard it here. Not as much as I slobber and grovel and beg sometime and ask God to forgive me. God, I open my big mouth again. You understand what I'm saying? i done it again. I thought it was cool, and then this happened. There I am over there again. Help me, Jesus. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. See, you want to be close to Him. Calvary keeps you close to Him. I don't know nothing else that works like it. Now you can sit up and confess all you want to and lift holy hands, unholy hands, whatever kind of hands you want to lift. But I'm telling you, that blood washing will get it every single time. And it'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You won't have a speck left. And this is where you can enter in and receive wholeness from your brokenhearted. You won't get it without that trip to the foot of the cross. It will not come to you. It comes by acknowledging the blood. What paid for you to be whole? you got to acknowledge that. I plead the blood. Now you confess your sins because you know you're wrong. Something ain't right in you and you know it ain't right. Sometimes God will just remind you. You know, you know. Sometimes you'll 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 have relationships that don't get any better. You ever have family members that just stuck there, does not get any better, and you you just ignore it. You know, God is better, but you. Well, you know, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong, Lord. No, you need to go to Him, God. There's got to be a key of a door that I can open that's going to make this better. Amen. It's been where it's been all my life and it's never gotten any better. Is there something better, God? Show me a key. Show me how to get in there and see what will happen is why we avoid people, we're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid it's going to be the same old, same old. Well, if we don't change it, who's going to change it? You understand what I'm saying? And these things are not like optional things like I'm doing everything else right and all my ducks is in a row and it's over here I'll, I'll take care no this may be number one that God wants you to take care of because that person may not know that he loves them until you let them know in some way and it might take one time it might take building years of building it might might be just an immediate thing a thing of you repenting. And finding a door, a barrier has been broken. Amen. And you can come. That's reconciliation. That's the ministry we're called to. We're not called to post on Facebook how you need to avoid people that don't come up to your standards. You don't set the standards. And God says love everybody. There's nobody you're not supposed to love. And love doesn't mean you pally pally buddy buddy up with them. But if it requires that, do that. You let God call the shots on how you're to demonstrate his love to people. But until the love of God comes into your heart or comes into a relationship and a situation, there is no reconciliation. There is no peace. There is no prosperity in that area of your life. You know, Some people are trying to prosper in the natural and they've never opened up their heart to God to really do a work in them. So that they can get rid of a lot of fears. You know, God is opening doors for people sometimes and they're scared to go in and they have no idea why. It's just been in them all the time. That's not for me. That's not for me. That's not for me. You ever try, you ever try to tell somebody that God, you know, instead of just getting the same old, same old way you've been living, why don't you ask God to give you and you show it to him in the word where it says God has that for you. For me, for everybody. And they just can't open themselves up to it. Amen? And so we need to have these barriers broken down, folks. That rejection that comes when you start rejecting the good that God has for you, it's a sign that He needs to heal you even more. You got me? You, you don't, I don't want to go any further than where I'm at. You know, you look in the Word and you see what it says and you don't want that. Why not? Hmm? Why not? And most people can't tell you a good reason. It's just something in them that's rejecting goodness. You got me? Rejecting prosperity. And I'm talking about you working hard and don't seem to get anywhere. Getting somewhere means prosperity. It don't mean millions. Because we know that would put you in the hospital if if God ever dropped millions on you. So we ain't going to go there with you. But we just talking about not working as hard and slaving as much as you do. Amen? God has better for everybody. He says everything you set your hands to will prosper and prosper and prosper. He will have you prosper to such a degree that you don't have to work as hard and you can make investments. And make them pay off for you. I'm satisfied. I don't know why. The, it's right in the Bible. What do you think it's going to cost you? It'll cost you your pride. Many times we don't want to humble ourselves. If we admit we want something, the first thing we think about is we ain't going to get it and we're going to be embarrassed. Amen? That's why we don't reach for much. And it's because of this rejection. We just feel like God won't. We feel like there's something else we got to do. We feel like there's more to the story. We feel like, and there's nothing out there, but you just got to believe him and trust him. Fix your heart on wanting what he has for you. It'll shock you what God has laid up for you. I mean, seriously. Even after you're accustomed to his goodness, he'll always come up with something to shock you even more. You know what I'm saying? God released some money to me. I was in a meeting and and the pastor was preaching on finances. Taking a long time, I almost went to sleep standing up there. But he said he was saying, and then you'll say cha-ching, and it'll be right. He said everybody say cha-ching. I woke up. I said cha-ching. And then my my phone said ding, and there was eleven hundred dollars in my Cash App. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it, and even though God has blessed me tremendously, you know, when you have, are able to, to, you know, let God develop your faith and you can run a ministry in two cities with very little people, that's your faith in God doing that. That ain't me, honey. But still with that, it still amazes me that He has more. And I'm thinking, my goodness. Well, let me go up here and pay attention. What you say, Jesus? Tell me more about something more. You understand me? You can always do better because God wants to prosper. Thank you, Noah. (laughs) I promise you, I'm not going to fall because if I fall, I don't know how I'm going to get up. Amen. Or Cece going to look at me and (laughs) try to measure me and see how (laughs) it just ain't right. Papi, you, you you okay? You in the clear because when Cece is here, we make him do the heavy lifted. How's that sound? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. And, Father, we thank you that you rejected us in the garden for a better hope. Jesus, inside of us is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. But Lord, we thank you also that you are working yet to heal rejection. Lord, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice understands that people who hurt and wound them are not responsible. When Jesus said on the cross, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. And the devil twists it and say they did it on purpose. He's a lie. They don't know what they're doing. None of us knows what we're doing when we sin. And so, Lord, we thank you that in our ignorance, you can still bless us. In our blindness, you can still lead us out. And in our hopelessness, you can give us hope and you can give us blessing and understanding. And you are yet perfecting your bride. You haven't stopped working on us, Father. So we need to continue to yield to you and get our hearts fixed, trusting in you, Father. Trust you all the more. That's our job. That's what we need to do. So, Lord, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. Everybody all good in here?